You know what time it is. It's the Christmas season. Like, obviously, the, the bells do sound weird, but it doesn't sound that weird yet. Yes, it does. Just kidding. Yes, it does. <laughs> It sounds like a pretend YouTube song where they like prove that you can do this. Yeah, I don't know. I. Why is it so weirdly like edgy? Like, why is it in this like key? It's literally like laughing all the way, but it's like, ooh, like. Yeah. It's so funny because I can tell what the drop is going to sound like. It's going to sound like a weird holiday Jacob Banks, like, like, dear, near, near. Oh, yep. Yep. There you go. I went up and they went down, but that was the only difference. <laughs> okay. We're done with that. We're done with that. We are truly done with it. Really done with that. Hey, so that's from the Cascade Christmas album. <laughs> And truly, it's actually a re-release of last year's Cascade Christmas album, but this one has new singles Which tacked I've onto the front. Which I locked out of my memory that there was also another Christmas album. Um, um, yep, that did happen. But this one's new. This is what I'm saying. This is why I have been scarred about holiday music that comes out these days. <laughs> you know, like, I'm so skeptical of it because it's like, Why? Like, do we really think this tops all I want for Christmas is you? Absolutely not. Are you sure? They're not I even in the same league. Bells. Oh, my God. I'm waiting for Mariah Carey to actually release another Christmas album. But instead of all I want for Christmas is you, it's that same song, except it's over a Porter Robinson sample. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Just wait. That is a no-no. <laughs> I, I said know. no. <laughs> Let me translate it. I said no. <laughs> Fucking chill. Oh my god. Okay, anyways, welcome to Backtrack. I'm M. I'm Jay. And we are back. We take so many week hiatuses, but I'm like not mad about it at all. So we busy. Yeah. And a lot of stuff happened. Like not that much stuff happened like last last week, but on Friday there was like a fucking avalanche. And so we're going to, we're just, we're dealing with that right now. And it's going to come up in a variety of ways throughout this episode. (laughs) Um, But in the meantime, I kind of wanted to start with like some low key sort of chill vibes. Yeah. Um, First off is FKJ, French Kiwi Juice, has, (laughs) yes. Wait, is that, is that actually what it, what it stands for? Yes. I did not know that. Okay, well, they have a new single, and it's called Is Magic Gone? And I want to play a little bit just to give you a sense of, like, what a very, like, classically FKJ sound is. Do you hear that, like, wee thing? <laughs> yes, I yeah. do like it. That's classic FKJ. Don't hate me, but it kind of reminds me of this sound that plays when you run into an enemy in Earthbound. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna skip okay, like you one minute up, in. If you look it up, we'll know. Okay, fine. Isn't this beautiful? It is. So fucking smooth. And um, earlier this year, FKJ came out with this other song called like TUI or like Tui or something and I was like really fucking sad because it was so beautiful but then it was like a minute long and then it just ended but I feel like this is a fully fledged version of the same energy that that song put out like listen to this hold on right like so fucking cool yeah and then it ends and i'm like real sad but this song was full and awesome mm-hmm. so that fucking made me happy also shalu shalu i never know how to say that one and colin <laughs> um have a new song called count on and then holy shit i want to play you this song called on the five the rac remix do you know the original artist uh 
No. Okay, this is actually going to be wild. Because I don't know which song you were referring to. Okay, so it's by the Winnetka Bowling League. Okay. Okay. Honestly, like, I don't think that I've ever heard a bad RAC remix. I know. RAC does such a good job of. Oh wait, listen to this. Songs in certain places remind me of certain. This is such a perfect like sound for RAC to remix. He loves these kinds of vocals. Do you know? Does this vocalist sound like? Who is this? What does this sound like? Wait, is that Matthew Coma? Yes. No wonder I was like, this is so RAC. So funny when you were like, this is exactly the vocals that RAC loves. That's like, bitch, it's Matthew Coma. Literally cheap sunglasses. Yeah. It's like, it's so funny that you say that. Okay, but the other vocalists too. Okay, yeah. Um, okay, but yeah, RAC just, as we were saying, does a really, really good job of kind of softening and sort of making a little bit more sparkly a lot of more original indie acoustic based tunes. And so I was like really fucking excited when I saw that this existed. Also, this Winnetka Bowling League is Matthew Coma's new project and they have a new EP out. So oh my god, that's so exciting. Yeah, yeah. So everyone go check that out. Yeah. Also, um Kate Renata has a new like EP, or I guess it's kind of more like a triple single. Um the cool thing about it is that it's stylized like a like an old record where um I remember like looking at some of the some of these like more classic records where it has like um, the song itself or like an instrumental of it, and then there's one that's like a dub that has vocals on it. And so there are two of those songs like where it's uh, something with the vocalist and then the instrumental, something with the vocalist and then an instrumental, and gotcha, then an gotcha. instrumental like purposefully track. Okay, yeah. But one of those vocalists is fucking Ty Dolla Sign, and that song is called Nothing Like You, and it's really, really good. At first I was like, okay, some, like, almost elevator music, but, like, I can get down with it because I know it's Kate Renata. But these pads really yeah. work really well. Yeah. They're, like, almost silvery a little bit. Mm-hmm. It contributes to that kind of, like, chrome-y feel, you know? Yeah. Okay, so the next thing I kind of want to talk about is, like, within the realm of rap but I want to make a disclaimer before I do that which is that literally Lil Baby, Meek Mill, Ski Mask the Slump God, Black Thought, Problem, Skizzy Mars, J.I.D., 6ix9ine, Earl Sweatshirt, Trey Songs released two albums because he hates me all of these people <laughs> released albums and it was like a lot so many things will be covered next week but the first thing that I want to start with is the first thing that I listen to, which is J.I.D. <laughs> J.I.D. is this rapper from East Atlanta, and he's signed to Dreamville Records, which is J. Cole's record label. And so right off the bat, that should give you kind of a sense of what type of style and artistic vision and flow this guy's going to have. Um, but he released The Never Story in 2017, and it was really, really good, very like critically acclaimed. And so this is his sophomore kind of follow up to that album and damn it is a fucking good second release it draws kind of from like Lil Wayne type of flow Kendrick's type of flow he also sings on some of the songs which is very like Childish Gambino sort of Awaken My Love-esque or even like Anderson Pack, but I might just be saying Anderson Pack because it's fresh in my mind um so it really like fucking runs the gamut in terms of being like these are all the things I can do and like do very well uh, conceptually and narratively, it's more all-purpose kind of thing. It's not like a single thread that cuts through the album. Uh, it's sort of a lot of different ideas that are like separate thoughts, but then taken together, they're pretty effective at painting a picture. Mm. Um, from a technical and production standpoint, he sounds a lot more comfortable, you know? And then the way the album is put together in terms of sequencing, I thought was really... Um, I just thought I thought it was really great. It kind of starts out very hype and then gets into a more reflective, pensive middle chapter. The chill hype dichotomy. The chill hype dichotomy. And then at the end, it kind of like ramps up, which normally isn't super my style. Like once things go reflective, I prefer that they kind of continue on that path. But this brought up the energy by not having like a super frenetic, chaotic type of beat to it but it was just like so hard and then never fucking let up and it was like a slow 
upward march in energy. Mm -hmm. So those are kind of my thoughts on the project overall, but I want to play a couple individual songs just to give more tangible examples of kind of what I'm saying. So the first one I want to play is kind of from the beginning of the album, and it has a lot of that more high energy pace to it, and it's called Westbrook with ASAP Berg. Okay, I'm gonna skip the intro and then get to where he actually starts kind of going in. Do you see what I mean though? He's just very, very technical. Like clearly the production has a lot going for it, but then it opens up and his flow really like holds its own. Um, I'm going to say right now this album had literally no skips and in order to not make this like a close listen, I will keep on going but i do want to play uh strawberries and that's i promise the last one i'm gonna cut myself off there but it features bj the chicago kid and you can feel that it has a softer touch to it than earlier in the album it was produced by j cole and actually arranged by mac miller oh cool and I don't know if you can hear in the back that saxophone uh, really has actually a much more showcased and beautiful section towards the end, kind of like bring it all home. And mm. that is Masego. Oh, shit. So in total, we have BJ the Chicago Kid, Masego, Mac Miller, J. Cole, and J.I.D. on a single song. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, there's also a song tied with Black Six Lack, love him, and um, and Ella May, who is a really good addition. Hotbox, beautiful with piano chords, and Method Man and Joey Badass. Um, Despacito 2 also had some theatrics without straying wait, from... Wait, 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 hold up. There is a song called Despacito 2. Yes. T-W-O or T-O? T-O-O. Okay. Like, like two, like also. Uh, Despacito as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I really liked it. It had some theatrics towards the end. There's like a little crash. But um, you know how when there's some sort of like crash or accident or something in a song, for example, like Head Low in the Anderson Pack album. Yeah. It's like fucking jarring as shit. And it like is very movie-esque and cinematic and stuff. This one has that element but it actually never strays too far from the musicality that was established earlier in the song like it happens but then like the beat does not let up yeah and i think that's like actually a very good example of what happens a lot on the album but it's like it never loses sight of what its real goal is which is like showcasing his technical ability and the production that is like going underneath and alongside of it Mm -hmm. um but yeah, fucking no skips. J.I.D.'s a legend. And I'm like so happy to have him as part of this like generation of rap. Yeah. So um, speaking of this generation of rap, are we uh, going to talk about Earl Sweatshirt? Uh, like we were, we were going to. <laughs> I really thought it was going to happen because The Mint was released last week and I thought it was so beautiful. Like I love high piano hits and I also love when songs especially rap songs are in three four time or like six eight time basically like when they have that sort of triplet swing to them yeah however and then I also was like oh my god it has a kind of like funny cover art and it's only 24 minutes and there's all these tiny songs cover art is godly yeah and then (laughs) I listened to it one time and I was like hmm 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 And it's literally like fucking like avant-garde jazz. Okay, so I like I was like I don't have the bandwidth for this. Like it's really like good, but I don't have the thoughts formulated in my head, and so I'm sorry about that. But like, no, we are not talking about it. Sorry. Next. Okay, so then if we're not talking about that though, like I feel like we should at least mention the Eminem freestyle. I feel like you watched this and I didn't. Okay, well, honestly, honestly, good thing that you didn't because um. I 
thought it was really bad. Like you thought it wasn't clever or like what did what do you mean? Oh, a lot of things. Um so first off, there's like plenty of rape culture. He also references remember that one time that he used like the homophobic F slur? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he also kind of referenced that, but like in a really bad way. Like it was like a you know, like, remember when I had to apologize for that? Well, I'm going to say one more thing and dig myself into a deeper hole. It's a little short-sighted. Yeah. It was like, oh, like, it's not about, like, you being gay. It's just, like, a negative thing, which we are associating with gay people, like, saying... It's like when people are like, gay doesn't... It's I just said that's so gay because gay means stupid. Yeah, exactly. And, and they it's say like, it as if that makes it better. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He like literally pretty much was like that. And also like plenty of like rape culture, like still really annoyingly graphic descri- descriptions of like violence and shit. I think I did see like one screen grab from it when he was like grabbing a girl's boob. Yeah. No, or, like pretending to grab. He's like, it's fun for me to just grab a boob. Plus, my penis got an attitude. I was like, what the fuck? You actually, that was not bad. You are a 46-year-old white man. Like, it's fun for me to just grab a boob. And he literally, like, <laughs> raises his hand towards the camera and makes, like, a squeezing motion. And I was like, thanks. Thanks. It's, fun. it's bad because I feel like I'm not shocked that Eminem would do this. But I also need to have absolute standards for myself and my music. I, you it's know, it's like, like I can't I can't just be like, oh, new normal. And he, I'm grabbing this boob. He's 46 now. Yeah. Like you'd think <laughs> that he would have matured. Oh, my. OK. Actually, though, speaking of people who have been in the game, can I be done with Eminem? I we don't. I don't. Oh, wanna, yes. No, great. we're done. We're done. Great. Bye. Because people <laughs> being in the game for like a long time um, and how they have actually matured. And also about Eminem and his like multi-syllabic rhyme schemes, which is personally the main reason why I overlook some of these like more disgusting things. Um, Mm. This rapper that I'm about to talk about also really comes in hard with that shit, but doesn't have any of the like gross and problematic things that Eminem does. Great. Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. So um, (laughs) this rapper is called Black Thought. Do you know who Black Thought is? Uh, I can't say that I do. Okay, um, so he just came out with an album called Streams of Thought Volume 2, and Volume 1 came out in June, and I remember it showing up on, like, my release radar or some shit, and then I was like, wow, this is really good. It's kind of like a collection of thoughts, it sounds sort of like an old guy who's been in the game for a while, and then I, like, looked at the page, and the, like, Streams of Thought Volume 1 was, like, the only EP, Hmm. and so I was like, what the fuck, I'm confused, but then... I went to the Wikipedia page. Shouts out to Wikipedia. Everyone donate. If everyone reading this post donated right now, we'd have enough money to... You know what? That fucking message that they <laughs> Yes, I do. Um, and he is the front man for The Roots, the one that's not Questlove. Yeah. And um, he's insanely talented. And then this album, the Volume 2 one, was produced by Salam Remy, who is a producer. And I think you... You won't recognize him, but I recognized him from his production work with Nas. And this is this album is so good. Like it feels it definitely feels older, more mature than, for example, like the J.I.D. album. Yeah. But it's very intellectual. It like draws together and connects a lot of different issues. And the rhyming is like so fucking like complex okay so the first song is fentanyl and i personally hate when rappers like draw analogies between something and the opioid crisis or like something and drug addiction yeah okay but this song is actually about the fucking opioid crisis okay so i thought that was like a powerful opener it's like okay we we are there we're doing that um And let me just, like, read to you a set of lines that happens in this song. Yeah. Ready? (laughs) You watching this? He took a shot in the esophagus. So watching this in esophagus. Okay. He's in the zone and stoned like a sarcophagus. Okay. Try stopping this. That also rhymes. I'm on top of the. That also rhymes. Metropolis. That also rhymes. It's narcissist. That also rhymes. Over narcotics. 
anonymous. Like that also is a fucking slant rhyme. Both yeah. of those things are slant rhymes. And then that was the point where I was like, holy motherfucking shit. And then he keeps going. Broken promises, broken jaws, and dope whores. I separate the fact from folklore. See how it like so seamlessly went into like the next bit of rhyming syllables? Mm-hmm. It's like, holy motherfucking shit. Like, that was insane. And that was six lines from this song. Mm. So, yeah. If you're like, oh man, Eminem is so clever with rhyming, but I'm traumatized disturbed and triggered by the things that he's saying <laughs> yeah i feel like eminem gets so much daps for multi-syllable rhyme schemes and like he is by no means the only person who's like as talented as he is yeah you know whatever white mediocrity and <laughs> <laughs> go off like obviously he's not mediocre but it's like i feel like we give him extra daps and does it have something to do with internalized racism? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. But moving on, the rest of this actual Black Thought album, it draws a lot from the 90s rap scene in terms of production, not just because, like, oh, this guy's older, and so he sounds like he's from the 90s, but in the sense of, like, it's a very easygoing drum beat mm. and funky sort of bass. It's sort of minimalist. Yeah. And you need to be very good at rapping in order to be able to fill that space yeah that the beat provides and i feel like like what we were talking about with cardi b's money exactly yeah and so because he's so fucking good and probably also to some degree because this guy probably also grew up listening to this type of music Mm -hmm. he can choose to use that instrumental and fill it properly you know um i also got some sort of nwa-esque vibes in the sense that nwa is really famous for speaking from experience but also being extremely insightful in what is going on like societally Mm -hmm. and weaving those two threads together until they kind of are indistinguishable and so i thought black thought did that really well while updating that for 2018 Mm-hmm. In terms of like talking about the opioid crisis, yeah, yeah, and like the pop culture references, like he talks about Donald Trump's election, like things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another highlight from Streets. Hold on, I kind of want to play it. Not that I'm not as good at rapping as Black Thought, but maybe you should hear this one for yourself. My cranium is vibranium. My brain is uranium and titanium. I love the vibranium shout out. Yeah, me too. Okay, hold on. There's one specific set of bars that I want to skip to. Right here. 11 9 when Donald Trump was elected. Right? Yeah. yeah. Faster, scarier, mass hysteria from Damascus, Syria. Yeah, yeah. That happened. And then after that, it's like, just in case you thought he was done with that rhyme, he also stuffs in school cafeterias. Because that also rhymes (laughs) with mass hysteria and Damascus, Syria. But, like, actually, though, this is so sick. Like, because, like, now I do understand what you're talking about with, like, the 90s-ish, like, production, but, like, then also filling it. But then it's even cooler because it is, like, the same kinds of, like, call-outs of, like, this is the fucked up shit that is, like, happening right now that people need to pay attention to, but it is 2018. Yes. Yeah, no, exactly. And obviously these are, like, really impactful lyrics that are, like, engaging and demand your attention and stuff. But what's crazy is that, like, the production only meets the bars halfway Mm. like you would think or most rappers that are trying to talk about these topics would be like okay I have these things to say and I want the beat to like also kind of support me and be really fucking high energy and like do that but the beat doesn't diminish from the bars but it kind of is just riding you know it doesn't overpower it's like just as energetic as it needs to be and then it lets black thought really just fucking take the reins yeah Um, which I really like. And then I also loved the album Closer. I love album Closers. We've been over that. But it's a little slower, more low energy, and it is featuring, I think the name is Reek Ruffin, Mm. but that's actually Black Thought's alter ego that sings. So you might be thinking like, oh, wow, a cool feature. It's like, nope, still him, just really talented, twice (laughs) as talented, on there twice. Anyway, 
I feel like the line that kind of sums up this project is one that was also from Streets. It's, uh, I had a black thought, they called it wokeness. It's like the album is a stream of thought, yes. And at times it sounds like it could be academic and intellectual and maybe like sort of bordering on performative wokeness. Mm -hmm. However, it's really just him being a black person in America and seeing these things for what they are and thinking critically about them. Yeah. And he didn't get that from like being woke and like reading a lot of New York Times articles. He got it from like his own lived experience. Yeah. Also, the line is obviously a play on his stage name, which is Black Thought. But that's why the line sums it up so well. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I thought that was very, very good. Do you need a break? Do you um, need a break from the rap? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Um, other stuff. Other different stuff. Yeah, so um, Alessia Cara has an album out. <laughs> we love her and her cover of Moana songs. I really um, do. <laughs> Hashtag representation matters. Yeah. Anyways, so it's a really strong, like, solid follow-up to her first album. And it, like, kind of pushes the same message, but it doesn't really get too old or corny, which is, like, great. Um, which I was kind of worried about. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that... This is, like, probably the most amount of Alessia Cara in a row that I have ever listened to. Uh, She has such a unique and interesting voice, and I was, like, worried that it was going to be too much of, like, kind of the same thing. Yeah. But she is actually surprisingly really dynamic on this. Here's my analogy. She reminds me of Poke. Very, very good. (laughs) I often have a craving for it. But really, really good poke, by the end of it, you're like, okay, that's enough fish for me for a while. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so I was worried that like an Alessia Cara album would be like, damn, that's a lot of fish. But it was really, really good. It was like just enough fish that I was like happy and I felt satisfied and I didn't feel like I overpaid for the fish. But not so much that I was, like, really sick of fish by the end. I love Alessia Cara. Can you leave an iTunes review that just (laughs) says, damn, that's a lot of fish. Five stars. (laughs) Whatever. I really enjoyed it. Okay? (laughs) Other things that happened. um, This group called Los Unidades has an EP. I'm pretty sure it's just Coldplay. Like, Maybe I'm wrong because the artist will sometimes, like, stargates on a bunch of songs. Like, Pharrell Williams is on a bunch of songs. Mm. Or he's on one song. But I kind of think it's Coldplay just because of of this part. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's undeniably Coldplay. And they're not featured on the song, so that implies that they are Los Unidades. Because otherwise it would be, like, featuring Coldplay. Maybe it's just, like... Some of the people in Coldplay and other. Oh, wait, but this part's cool. Oh, you know what this reminds me of? What? That, like, the um, disclosure that happened recently. Oh. Yeah. But it's, like, slower. Yeah. Like, the synth quality is pretty disclosure-ish, and then the, like, clap-clap thing at the end. Yeah. Good. Wow, good call. Also, one of the songs has Danny Ocean on it, the Mere Huso guy, the Mm. Way guy. I love him so much. Uh, So, yeah, interesting project by Maybe Coldplay, TBD. I wish, like, the only thing that I'm a little annoyed by is that New Music Friday only added ELO, which kind of ruined the surprise. Like, if you listen to the EP... The first song is like featuring Nelson Mandela, like a speech by Nelson Mandela. Yeah. And it's kind of hype. And then you're like, what the fuck is this? And then the, the second song, you're like, whoa, is it Coldplay? But when you just hear ELO alone, you're like, why did Coldplay change their name? Hmm? You know, it's like a lot <laughs> less exciting. <laughs> um, but I guess I just did that by being like, they're Coldplay. So like, who am I to complain about that truly? Anyway. Okay, also, holy shit. We have to talk about... The new Chance the Rapper. There are two songs, but can we be real with each other and say that uh, my own thing with Joey Perp is like... Okay, that's not nice. I liked Man Who Has Everything. Okay, yes. Okay, fine. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I thought it was like, I liked that it was not trying to be anything close to my own thing. 
Yeah, no, no, no. You no, know, no. it was much more introspective. You're a hater. Thank you, next. Okay, just a little bit, yeah. But, maybe, <laughs> but uh, shit, my own thing is really, really fucking catchy and I cute. I literally have had it on repeat. I'm actually so serious. Like, this has been my song for the week to just kind of literally play for everyone that I know ever. <laughs> it's, it is really amazing. I, I really like the consistency that Chance has. And mm. even though it's, like, happy production and, like, cute, fun, upbeat shit... I don't feel like this one was similar to the four new singles, quote, quote, four new singles that he released earlier this year. Yeah, I know. And I checked. Um, it, these two aren't produced by Lido. Oh, so you, so you love them even more now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Speaking of uplifting uh, double singles, Big Crit has two new singles and it's under the double down one of them is learned from texas and the other one which i think is cute and uplifting is pick yourself up isn't this so cute i like these little 808 perks yeah pick yourself and then it gets like fucking hyphy. Yeah, I was I was exact just about yeah. to say that. Like Yeah. So I was like really pleased, like pleasantly surprised by that. Um also Key has an EP. I forget if we talked about Key's single. It was Time of My Life with Drum. It was like having the time of my life. Oh, I think we mentioned it. Yeah. So if we did or we didn't, that single came out earlier this year, and I thought it was really cute. And now there is an EP. My favorites are Cable Guy and Nothing. Also, there was another song with Black on it that I really liked, but I'm forgetting the name right now. Whoopsies. Oh, well. It's the um, one with Black. We'll put it on the playlist. And then Sean Paul has a new song, and I just want to quickly explain what it is. I think his like it's a triple single and it's the EP basically is called The Rope Rhythm and I'm pretty sure Sean Paul's is Spin It. So basically like the idea is that the each of the three songs have the same instrumental more or less. It's not exactly the same but it like has the same sort of fundamental underlying thing to it. Yeah. And that is a rhythm. That's like a term. R I D D I M. Yeah. And the way that I know it from, which I'm sure this is not going to be like a complete history, but it's really common in reggae to have like a specific rhythm that's really trendy at the time and a bunch of different vocalists will add their own spins to it. And like one will typically be like the most popular, but then there's also like people are comfortable in this music environment having like four different songs that have a really similar rhythm or instrumental, but are different vocal lines and people are kind of down to just, they're like, okay, that that is a thing yeah and it's normal for like two or three of them to be popular at the same time and this is actually how reggaeton got started yeah shaba ranks's song dembo was this particular rhythm that had do da do da do da do da and people like riffed on that and added to it and embellished upon it and fast forward whatever like 1990 something like fast forward 30 ish years and you have like Nikki Jam and Maluma and Gente de Sona and all these people um so that's a bit of music history that's what rhythms are more or less and Sean Paul is really leaning into that with this new song which is on the EP The Rope Rhythm real quick Go though check it out. okay I had this like little baby epiphany I think that might actually be where the whole like millions of people on a single collab comes from you know when there are like 10 people on the same song and then they all like do their own like little call outs or whatever yeah like isn't that kind of the same origin the same vibe is that that comes from like it, as if they're all taking a verse from a rhythm like that they were it gonna is do? definitely comes from the same lineage because also a lot of reggae is call and response type of Thing. I mean, really, when you get down to it, like, this is kind of where rap started. This is how, like, DJing started, whatever. So, like, depending on how we want to interpret this history, you can make a lot of different arguments. But, yes, I do kind of feel like this draws from that for sure. Um, anyway, I just wanted to mention that because I felt like it was relevant music history. Yeah. Anyway, reggaeton announcements really quick. Made for Now has a Latin version with Janet Jackson, Daddy Yankee. Yeah. Janet Jackson. 
<laughs> Jonnet Jackson. Jonnet Jackson, sorry. <laughs> and this new salsa album came out um, by this girl, like, Maite Hontele. I don't know how to say it. She's Dutch. She's like a Dutch girl who plays the trumpet. Okay, so why did she release this salsa album? No, like, exactly. But here's the thing. She's not just, like, some girl who, like, plays the trumpet and is, like, releasing a salsa album. Because I'm not why just not? any Dutch girl who plays the trumpet. Yeah, no, but... So the vocalists and collaborators on this album are, like, fucking salsa legends that are, like, very respected in the scene. Also, this chick is fucking dope, and in 2014, her other album won Best Salsa Album, so... She's legit as fuck. Okay. I literally, I heard one song and I was like, who is this person? And then I was like looking at the cover art and I was like, what's happening? And then I like (laughs) looked her up and was like, oh my God, she's a boss. So wanted to shout that out. Also, Elvis Crespo, like the Suavemente guy. Suavemente, besame. Yeah. Yeah. He has another song following up on perhaps the same song universe, Ella Me Beso. So, and suavemente, he was like, besame. And then now he's like, ella me beso. So, it happened. Good for him. <laughs> I guess you don't understand that, but yeah, besame I didn't means catch kiss that, me. but okay. And then, ella me beso means she kissed me. So. <laughs> <laughs> the thrilling sequel. <laughs> um, okay, but I think that's it. Can I go back to rap now? Sure. Okay. Yes. I know this is really overwhelming, but Meek Mill came out with an album and I feel that this is very similar canonically, narratively, to Lil Wayne's return to form. And so it's in the oven automatically. It's 19 songs. It's ginormous. It needs more processing time, period. And every, anyone who like thinks they already have an opinion, they should probably go listen to it four more times before they're positive about it. But I just want to set this up because, correct me if I'm wrong, you don't know anything about Meek Mill. I know. So like, sad. Yeah, I know Don't very even, little it's things. Fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, so he, I'm going to do, do this really fast, and then we'll kind of go more in detail next week. But he really was like at the top of his game probably around 2012 when he released Dream Chasers and Dream Chasers 2, which was like a two mixtapes. Mm-hmm. And the song Amen was extremely popular, very mainstream. You've probably heard it because I played it for you at some point a bunch of times because it was a fucking jam back in the day. Probably. And okay. honestly, still great to this day. Um, but he is coming back from like this extremely long and annoying and frustrating, um, situation with the criminal justice system at like 18 or 19, he was arrested for illegally possessing a firearm, which is like obviously not violent, Mm -hmm. not really a big deal and was sentenced to a couple months of prison time and then five years of probation. I want to say I may be getting these numbers wrong, but I think it was five years of probation. Okay, well, that sounds like a very long time. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And so through like a bunch of bullshit, he would act like get the probation extended and then like extend it again. And then this judge who has been in charge of his case the entire time would be like, oh, you like are thumbing your nose at this court. Like, here's another extension on your probation. And he'd be like, what the fucking fuck? Like, for example, one extension of the probation was... Um, he performed outside of Pennsylvania. Oh, I mean... Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then another one was riding a dirt bike without a helmet, because I guess that's reckless endangerment. Something like that. Oh, right. And at one point, he was facing, like, another two to four years in prison, and that sparked this, like, giant social media movement of everyone being, like, free Meek Mill, like, this is outrageous, because everyone is watching this case watching this judge who's been in charge of this case the whole time who is like basically infatuated with meek mill like literally tried to get him to not be signed to rock nation anymore and then or maybe it was maybe no and then to like get signed with some record label that her friend was the head of wait or like oh he has to make a tribute to her like a shout out to her on this one song like, just, what the fuck? You would think that with so many eyes on you that you might, like, stop doing that. But yeah, it's just, like, it's truly... And also, he does shout her out on this album, except it's seeing a black woman take my freedom almost made me hate my people. So, wonder if that was what she had in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so eventually when he kind of, like, emerged from this situation, he made this really powerful statement that, like, he was able to fight these charges to the degree that he was because he has the resources, lawyers, fame, 
etc. that had people watching his case and kind of looking out for him and making sure that obviously he's being treated extremely unfairly, mm-hmm. but people are mad about that because they're watching it. Yeah. He was like, I'm yeah. one of many people in a system and this is happening to all these people and it, right. it's really fucked up. Yeah. And so that kind of, I feel like gave him this new vision, sense of purpose, a sense of clarity that he is bringing to this album. Mm. Okay. That's the TLDR still kind of L version of <laughs> what is setting up this album. Anyway, I feel like you just didn't know. I had to tell you. I mean, yeah. And for anybody else who doesn't know, yeah. like me. So that's coming next week. I just want to, I have some initial thoughts, but I want to be able to like put them in context and not sound like as much of a hot mess as I do right now. <laughs> so yeah. Do you want to like switch gears and talk about some pop? Yes, I would like that. <laughs> so there's this artist Leland that um, I first found from his single uh, Mattress, which I think might have actually been his like first release. I think I may have found him literally by looking up an article of, like, gay pop artists. <laughs> good. Good. As one does. Um, as you do. <laughs> as as me specifically, I do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, very good single. Check that out if you have time. Whatever. But he has a new single called uh, Middle of a Heartbreak that I find is, like, very interesting production-wise. And I want to, like, play a little bit of it. Um, because it has a very interesting, like, structure. Like, especially for pop. Because I feel like a lot of, like, pop and pop tends to be very formulaic and structured. Yeah. Not necessarily in a bad way, but just, like, it has a structure to it. Mm -hmm. So, like, very, like, dry, like, minimal production. Also, the devil claps that ends the phrase. You love that shit. He uses bass synths so well. Yeah. Which I know from Mattress. Oh, wow, I love this. I know. Really good vocal production on this song. And then it goes into the next, like, verse. But if you notice now, that bass is back. Yeah. And what's interesting about this is that it keeps on building those layers, but somehow every verse still feels like a complete idea. Yeah. Like, for example, here's the last verse. And now it has all of these different, like, lines together. Yeah. I like the change-up and rhythm of the bass sound, too, where it's more like... I agree. And I think just like, I wanted to point that out because I think that that is a very interesting songwriting and like production technique specifically. True. And like coming from a smaller like synth poppy artist, it's a little bit unexpected. I think what's nice from, at least this is my opinion now, which I feel like it's not that crazy to like keep adding layers. But what I'm impressed by is the fact that it doesn't sound overbearing by the end yeah because i feel like i know you love easy funds like extremely powerful end choruses (laughs) but sometimes i feel like they kind of overflow a little bit i Mm. think they're doing that on purpose but like i think that's like a thing that they're consciously thinking about and like are striving for yeah i like which i'm like fine with but for me personally i like that even these layers keep adding but they're not like the cup does not like fucking spill over too much yeah and like even if you've listened to this if you just listen to the song and then you listen to the beginning again it still feels it doesn't feel like the beginning is plain yeah yeah which is what i think is very impressive true also Jax jones and years and years have a new song called play and i feel like i'm always excited but maybe a little bit nervous about a Jax jones single because you don't know which direction it's gonna go because he really walks that line between like too high energy and like just high energy (laughs) but then years and years i think we've discussed this how they have really great blueprints for remixes and then when you like up their energy a little bit you're like in that sweet spot so when i saw them together i was like oh my god this is perfect this is amazing and it is so fucking good and so cute can i put Oh, yes, obviously, yes. I think I discussed this right there. I think I discussed this when I had a chase backtrack, Stranger, Mm -hmm. how I love the pizzicato strings on these, like, housey vibes. 
Oh my god, it's awesome. And this is this is very Chase, actually. It definitely, definitely is. Chase has a little bit more of the like shuffle like perks in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is a really, really nice touch. Yeah. And like, honestly, this like called me back to um, Desire. Yeah. Which is my like absolute favorite years and years song. Yeah. And like, I was like, oh shit, they can do this for me. Like, damn. Like. It's just such a like head bopping song, you know? I think this is kind of what I wanted um, that Calvin Harrison Sam Smith song Mm. to sound like before I played it. Also, this single is actually off of an EP. It was released as a single in addition, but the EP is a collection of all of the singles that Jax Jones has been releasing, starting with Housework yeah. with Eminem. Yeah. Also, kind of along the pop synth pop band type of genre vibe. <laughs> <laughs> the 1975 has an album out, and I actually I think we both knew the 1975 from like cute band songs you know where it's like we're never gonna get yeah i forget what song that is but also girls like the millions of remixes of girls that were on if we're all being honest that's how we found them it's from the remixes but that's how we heard about them and then we also were like okay maybe we go back to the source material and then we're like oh this is good and i personally i don't know about you i personally when i sat down and listened to this album i thought it was going to be more along the lines of sincerity is scary because it was like an inquiry into online relationships yeah but then i also expected a touch of a political vibe just because love it if we made it was very like it's very political in like a we didn't start the fire way as in like it has a million call outs to yeah how fucked up everything is right now exactly so that's kind of what i expected but there's actually like even more going on in this album it like creates a sort of digital soundscape it has way more of a political tinge like i'm into that as fuck like they talk about gun control Mm -hmm. there's so much that's going on they talk about climate change um and then also the main singer maddie healy also struggles with a heroin addiction that he speaks about in like multiple songs yeah so it does get pretty heavy yeah i didn't even realize give yourself a try was about that until i listened to it in the context of the album and i was like whoa yeah anyway it's a lot it's a lot of stuff we feel like is important to let marinate Mm -hmm. and even musically the production the thought that goes into the sequencing of the album all of it like it we need we're thinking of what's processing you know what i mean yeah and it deserves that and needs it yes so that is that setup and you can take it with you when you all listen to the album and think about it for yourselves as well (laughs) (laughs) yeah um other shit that happened that is much lighter and not as heavy also known as the opposite of light tur <laughs> wow okay um marshmallow uh released a remix ep for the song happier which actually wait a second it's actually not lighter it is more heavy have you seen the music video i haven't it is okay it's not like that heavy it's not as heavy it's like a full emotionally manipulative tearjerker with a little dog in it and like the girl is sad and she's like getting bullied miranda cosgrove plays the girl from wait I miranda Carly. cosgrove yes 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 and the dog like keeps the girl company and like and the dog is like i want you to be happier and then the dog dies and i knew i was being manipulated at the very beginning of the video i was like this dog gonna die and i Dude, still this is cried marshmallows like bastille feature you you gotta like contextualize this is like marshmallow called up bastille and was like i know how to get into top 40s listen here <laughs> and then when they're like just to make sure we knock it out of the park what if we make a music video about a small dog that dies <laughs> full emotional manipulation but it really worked my tear ducts were like working hard by the end of that music video (laughs) yeah so i mean obviously the reason why we are mentioning this remix ep is because there's a high key remix on it 
We love Haiki. It is also part two of the remixes. There's another like remix oh, EP that's that part one. Uh, I didn't even know about I that. I also one. didn't know about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we're only talking about this one because Haiki. <laughs> and it's really good. So it is a very good remix. And like this part was really cool. He like was on Twitter and it was just like, he was like, I, you guys don't really understand how much this like means to me that I'm able to like release official remixes on like real ass platforms like as someone who like comes from like very niche soundcloud like bootlegs it's interesting to see that environment evolve because for a long time there just weren't remixes on spotify and you know soundcloud was able to handle that but now that Mm -hmm. soundcloud is also changing i'm like relieved to see that spotify is building out their infrastructure for remixes Mm -hmm. so anywho yeah so speaking of like niche soundcloud artists um umru has a new ep out um i think this is his first like official like ep or album release um first heard about umru because he like remixed some like lido song a while ago maybe like 2015 2016 era he also produced I Got It off of Charlie XCX's PC Music collaboration Pop 2. And then since oh. then has been uh, kind of closely tied with PC Music, but just like in like a fun, like Twitter way. Tangential associated type of. Yeah. And like yeah. making jokes about it. Gotcha. And then like this EP is a literal PC Music release, which I didn't think was going to happen. Oh. Okay, so it actually is a more official connection. Yeah, and so now he's, like, officially a part of PC Music. Got it. Which is, like, pretty wild IMO. Okay, wait, sorry. Um, When you say it's wild that it's a PC Music release, like, why, though? Because, like, he, like, just suddenly, like, no one really joins PC Music. You know, like, PC Music has, like, collaborators, and PC Music has, like, people who then make other side projects like ag cook just starts a new side project and then it's pc music (laughs) no one really like is like hey i'm the new pc music artist okay gotcha okay that makes sense yeah so umaru previously released the two singles sticky and popular um and he had been like teasing the ep for a while um but what I think is an actual accomplishment for this EP is that when Sticky and Popular were released as singles, I wasn't actually super down for them. But then when recontextualized R.I.P. in the album, in the in the EP, yeah, yeah. I actually kind of love them now. Like, I went, like, a full flip. <laughs> love to see that, honestly. Um, And also, just Umar's vocal production and sound design are absolutely amazing. It's like... Leto plus Sophie plus Cashmere Cat and like maybe a little bit of Sinjin Hawk, which are like four. That's a really bold claim. Giants in like. It's like when Anderson Pack said he was doing the games documentary, Jay Z's The Blueprint, and Kanye West College Dropout. It's like, oh, you really doing that? But it's like, here, let me play some stuff and you'll see what I mean. Okay. Listen to this part. See that little like vocal manipulation? Like the wavery. Doesn't that remind you thing? a lot of Cashmere Cat? Yeah. Yeah. Like nine mm-hmm. after Coachella. Umaru is very particular about his sound design. If you listen to that, like, squeaky sound, that's actually Charlie XCX's voice. On the offbeat? Yeah. Lol. Yeah. It's from another song. It's funny because she does make that noise, kind of, like, after she sings, like, a word, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so now do you see kind of what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I get it. I do get it. And he's very particular in the way that all those people are about, like, their aesthetics. Yeah. I will say that my favorite off of the EP, though, is probably Chemistry, because the uh, melody that, like, the 
um, whole song starts with has this really, really cool vocoder on it that's like very... You love the vocoder. I do, but it's so, it's, it's so good. It's a very good melody. And it reminds me kind of a little bit of Leto, but like better. <laughs> <laughs> Literally so mean. Hot take, soft touch vocoder is the new vocoder. It is. Except <laughs> like that not that one's... full Daft Punk, but like lighter touch, like Leland's vocoder. Okay, that's your hot take because the one on chemistry is a lot harder. It's than like full Daft. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um. Anyways, this EP is really, really beautiful. I would listen to it from start to finish and just like really quiet, just like really pay attention to those little details because Umaru puts a lot of effort into this. Um, that's all I'm going to say about it. I really loved it. <laughs> um, speaking of sound designy, soundscapey vibes, Odessa also re-released or like has a deluxe version of their A Moment Apart album and it has a new Memories That You Call uh, which is like deeper, darker, uh, a little bit turned up, which I kind of liked. And then also on the sound designy, soundscapey vibe, Jacob Collier, that guy that I was like, he has this insane song mm. that I was like, it's like a short film, but audio. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Another single called Ocean Wide Canyon Deep. Another song that I'm not going to play similar to the last Jacob Collier song. Can't play all the way through because there's just so many different motifs, but it's super cool, and I highly recommend people check that out. Um, Yeah. You want to do backtracks? Are we good? You got anything else? Uh, No. So I guess, yeah. All right. Do you want want to go first? What do you want to do? I think I want to go first. Okay. You're not ready for mine. Okay. Dude. Cop out. No, it is not. I already planned to do this. This is my favorite song off of nine. These fucking strings, dude. You mean it like the the cello thing in the bottom? Yeah wild that I actually never noticed that I was too distracted by the lead synth and also this shit is so cool this fucking like thing that comes in I, I like that they resisted the urge to pan it really hard yeah cause they could've and they didn't and then it does this I love this beat change. And these fucking little clicks. God, it gives me chills every time. The way this shit like crescendos, God. And these like little twinkles. I do like that before you know what tempo it is, you don't feel like confused. You know, a lot of times when there's a tempo change, you have to like catch the beat again, but they put it together very well. Yeah. So that song is Europa Pools. Um, it's the second track off of Cashmere Cat's album Nine, mm-hmm. which we just mentioned. Yes. But literally, I didn't realize how important this album was to me um, until I realized that every time that I need to like clear all of my thoughts, I literally bring up this particular song. It is really beautiful in that way. This and... If I just kind of want to not think about anything, I'll pull up Infinite Stripes. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like this song does a really good job of... Okay, when I listen to it, I picture like a digital universe and there's nothing in it. And slowly they like add landscape to it. Mm-hmm. And it's open. It's really complex, obviously, but it's like open enough for you to fill in whatever you want to fill in to that space yeah and that's one of the things that i really really love about cashmere cat's like sort of more bare uh parts of his songs like the intros and outros like the outro of nine after coachella Mm -hmm. or like some of those like weird like flickering out into like a completely new idea like the thing that happens at the end of infinite stripes yeah it leaves a lot of things where you're 
it's almost as if you're imagining your own melodies and harmonies that are like going with that in your head. I don't know if you do this, but I I do because remember when we played that weird Jacob Collar song and I was like, make a short film in your head to this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, God, everything. I just really love artists like this who are avant-garde, but like pay attention to the details so heavily that you can tell that it is a very articulated experience that you're like having. Yeah. Um, it's like abstract, but it's specific. Yeah. Like, you know that this is exactly how the artist intended and to be able to not only convey exactly what you, you, like, you know that they're conveying exactly what was on their mind when they like put it into a physical, like audio form. Yeah. But like to get that idea also, just from listening it Mm -hmm. listening to it is like pretty amazing in Mm -hmm. my opinion sorry i'm just like super fangirling over this yeah you you are you are but like that's that's what a backtrack is you know what i mean yeah and now i'm about to fangirl but it's a really 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 different fucking vibe Wow, for once, it's not the you doing something hauntingly beautiful and me being like, check out this fun song. No, you know what? I want you to listen to this again and do that thing where you listen for each different instrument. Think, listen to this as if you were listening to an electronic song. Okay. 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 See, there's like the snaps, there's a little bell. Listen to the different guitars Mm -hmm. and the bass. Each riff. Mm Mm-hmm. Emma's jamming right now. Okay, there's like one really fucking sick, sick, sick chord progression, and I'm gonna... Hold on, I think it's coming kind of soon. Hold on, I'm gonna skip there. Right here. have the fact you me to hold on Tell me I can keep the Okay, here we go. To let light through. Just wait for this resolution. Hold on. Right here. I'm one text away from being back. Ooh. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, so that is John fucking Mayer (laughs) with the song Moving On and Getting Over on his most recent album, The Search for Everything. And wild times, guys. Can't believe I'm doing John Mayer's backtrack. This is like full like emo high school, like gravity fucking shit. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I fucking love John Mayer. And he had he like really peaked in like in terms of his like mainstream popularity in maybe, I don't know, like 2011, 2012 ish. Mm. And then he kind of said some like weird things like fame sort of like got to him i think yeah he just lost track of like reality and then he removed himself from the public eye moved to montana and released like some country blues albums that were like honestly pretty fucking good and then he came back to his more pop roots and released the search for everything and i really liked it and then i went and saw his concert in la which was like his first pop concert in LA after removing himself from the public eye and it was like so beautiful and so powerful and he's a fucking talented instrumentalist every single song he switched guitars to the point where I was like yo dude I think you have a shopping problem (laughs) (laughs) you literally have like 20 different fucking guitars and like and he actually has a really funny YouTube video where he talks about how like he has an addiction to buying guitar pedals like he'll see an effect pedal and he'll just like buy it he's like i have like thousands of them it's a problem (laughs) um anyways i love john mayer and i really think that this song didn't get the dabs that it deserved it's so harmonically interesting and this is why i was like i want you to listen to this as if it's an electronic song because i feel like when people listen to songs with guitars in them they're like listening to just the lyrics or whatever sad song (laughs) literally though and i do it too and that's why i was like i want to emphasize that we listen to all the different guitar lines yeah. You know, and all of the different instruments that are present because mm-hmm. those often get overlooked in this type of genre, I think. And 
John Mayer is a master of chords. Yeah. Okay. Like mm-hmm. full amazing. And I loved that chord resolution. And it's so funky. And I love the way that there's like those hits over and over, like do it all the time. You know, there's like, mm-hmm. it goes just so hard. There's also a live video of him before the album is released and he plays this song. And then he just starts it over again because he likes it so much. <laughs> He's like, let's run it back. Let's just do it again. And so I thought that was very endearing. Anyways, that's my fucking backtrack, okay? I love John Mayer, and I wanted to share that song with you and contrast your cashmere cat a little bit. <laughs> um, but I think that is it for us. Um, no real announcements this week, I don't think. We're not actually skipping next week. We're, we're going to be here next week. Yeah. <laughs> And we're going to cover all those albums we that we did it. not cover. We're doing it. Follow us on Twitter, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, however you get your podcasts. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>